Hey, y'all, this is Lisa Kipps Brown, founder of Glaring Business Resources. And if you want to learn how to level up and be successful through masterminds, then you should listen to my good friend, Brandon Straza, with the Mastermind Effect. You will never regret it. You love to learn, grow, and improve yourself, but you're still not where you want to be? The right mastermind can be the ultimate secret weapon when it comes to personal development, but trying to find the one that's built for you isn't always easy. Welcome to The Mastermind Effect, the one and only show that focuses on helping you cut through the noise, invest in yourself, and move past your natural limits. This is everything you need to know about masterminds, brought to you by your host, Brandon Straza. Hey, everyone. Today, we've got the founder of Glaring Business Resources, Lisa Kips Brown. We get to start off with her love and affinity with NASCAR and what she's been doing to shake up their broken sponsorship mentality. Lisa explains why masterminds help you grow your network and change how you're able to accomplish things. And Lisa finishes with if you're feeling down when you wake up to just stare at your toes and understand why the little things really don't matter. Check it out. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show where you know I believe the only way to unlock your potential is to tap into the experience of others. And today, to help us do that, we have got the founder of Glaring Business Resources, Lisa Kipps Brown. Lisa, welcome to the show. Hey, Brandon. Thank you for having me. It's so good to see you. Absolutely. And if you don't mind, I'm going to pop this on you here real quick before you let us know where the best place to reach out to you. You just got off some amazing calls and uh, based off around you do. Can you give us like a a 10,000 foot view of how awesome your connections were with what you do for a living in, in your coaching and your mastermind. Give us a 60,000 or 30,000 foot view in 60 seconds of what you just connected with. Okay. So for two years, I've been working with this NASCAR team. We're trying to disrupt the sponsorship model and we're doing it to promote veteran suicide, free services to prevent veteran suicide. And I just got out of a clubhouse room that was for speed networking. There were literally only four people in the room because it was the very beginning. I said what I did right after that, a guy came in that would be a perfect fit, but he didn't have the money. But then the guy hosting the room is like, no, no, no. And he saw big picture like I do. He's like this guy that has the matching opportunity that we have. Um, He's like, oh, no, this is what you do. Then this other man hopped in and he said, I'm going to help y'all put this all together. I used to do it for a living, but I just help people now to help them. And anyway, my mind is blown. This literally happened with four people in the room. By the time I got off, there were six. But it was just crazy. And they even have people that they said might even just pay for it up front so the guy doesn't even have to get his matching card. Yeah. And so just just for the listeners real quick, I know you're like, well, wait, what does this have to do with anything? If you enjoy the energy and you want to be connected with someone that that has, you know, coaching, masterminds, connected with amazing people and, you know, NASCAR, you have an affinity love for NASCAR, anything like that. It's one of the reasons why people love working with Lisa because of how she's able to network and find different resources out there. So when the listeners hear how amazing you are and what you can bring to the table today, what's the best way personally or um, socially that they can reach out to you uh, if they want to work with you? Well, my website is lisakipsbrown.com, L-I-S-A-K-I-P-P-S-B-R-O-W-N.com. And I'm Lisa... 
LisaKipsBrown.com on LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram, pretty much everywhere. So she's the only Lisa Kips Brown you'll be able to find her and yeah, just know the, the energy that she's going to bring to you, your business, your your the, the world that you're in when you want help with it. Lisa's Lisa's got it. So all right, let's let's dive into some some you know what we're here for today. Uh, you know, our ability to access people and learn has drastically changed in the last five, 10 years. When you and I were younger, it was textbooks and teachers. And then that, you know, turned into, you know, friends, family, coworkers, just the people around us. But that's really a sliver of, of what's yeah. possible. How has your learning changed from your early years versus today? Well, today we can learn literally in a matter of seconds or minutes, which what took us weeks to learn before. When I started my business, it was 1996. And of course, we didn't even have Google then. So, and it was web and marketing strategy. And I had never developed a web, a database. I had, I needed to develop a shopping cart and everything for what I was doing for my own business. I had to go to the bookstores and dig deep and try to find books. Yeah, they usually didn't even have them. It would take me forever to figure them out. And of course, now you can go online and go to a forum or find sample code or use, uh, preferably use open source code or existing platforms. It's just crazy how fast we can learn now and how fast we can connect. Yeah, it really is. What What's accessible, just free out there. It can be unbelievably overwhelming. And, you know, how do you how do you navigate through what it, what is out there so you can cut out the noise to bring in the signal so you can figure out how you can bridge that gap? So, you know, as we have more ways to take in information than ever before, like I said, kind of confusing. Some people, they they look for a mentor or a mastermind or a coach or an accountability partner. Online courses, lots of ways to learn. Who are you currently learning from? And more importantly, how did you connect with them? Well, my mentor is Steve Sims, who, and that's how we met Brandon. Steve Sims, the real life Wizard of Oz. For y'all who may not be familiar with him, he is the author of Blue Fishing, The Art of Making Things Happen. And he works with people like Elon Musk and Richard Branson, you know, just kind of little clients out there that, you know, not a big deal. But I first heard him right after his book came out a little bit over three years ago. I heard him on a podcast right after that. And I immediately connected with him. I felt like I'd known him forever. And his story just really resonated with me. Um, so I ended up reading the book several times. I started following him. And that November, he came out and said that he was going to start having a monthly coaching opportunity. So I immediately signed up and he's been my mentor ever since. So it's a little over two years now. Let, let me ask you, because we, we, we touch on a, a point there, mentor and coach yeah, and really where that falls. So do you look at Steve more as a mentor or a coach? And and there's no obviously right or wrong answer, yeah. but can you define a little bit different? What's the difference between a coach and a mentor and really how that, that parallels? Yeah. And sometimes I say interchangeably, he's my mentor. Sometimes I say he's my coach. But I look at a, at a coach as somebody who's kind of a little bit more hands-on, a little bit more holy accountability and not quite as big picture. And where with Steve, I work on big picture stuff. And we do have some accountability things, you know, that he checks in with me on. But he isn't like every week, did you do this? Did you do that? That kind of thing. It's more high-level thinking, strategy, and just big picture I don't know if that's how he works with most of his clients, but 
that's what works with me because of the way I think. Yeah, and that, that makes sense. I mean, you need the the right person to put in the right place in the right order in mm-hmm. order to get the results that you're looking for. Yeah. If you think about coaching, if you think about it like a football team, think you have the head coach, but then you have, you know, the the defense coach, offense coach, then you have the quarterbacks coach and whatever, all those coaches. So each one of those coaches is helping with something very specific. So you might need a coach who really is more hands on with you, or you might need somebody bigger or, you know, higher level. I think what is great is if you can have somebody that can do both, but especially if you're an entrepreneur who is, you know, a, or a solopreneur, you don't have a ton of resources or time to work with a bunch of different people. If you can have somebody that can shift between those roles, that's ideal. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I completely agree with you. He's been a huge game changer just for me personally and business wise. So, yeah. you know, kind of talking about education and, and, and people getting stuck and, you know, how we put the right people in the right place. You know, I feel sometimes it's tough to execute what's sitting up here. It's like we're in the weeds. We can't see through the forest. Yep. We're still going through a pandemic. But to me, I think it's causing a reset in how we can accomplish things. Mm-hmm. How have masterminds or coaching helped you when you're looking to reset and accomplish something where you're currently stuck? It helps me immensely. Y'all probably have heard the saying that entrepreneurship is a very lonely place. And people don't get it if they haven't been there, if they're not an entrepreneur. But you can be around people. You can be in a room full of people. But if they cannot think like you, you just have everything stuck up in your head and they don't get it. So they can't really help you even if they want to. But when you can be around people who think like you or think in complementary ways, then if you have an idea, you can throw it out and they can give you feedback. And it's like the ideas are like ping pong, going back and forth and inevitably you end up with bigger, better ideas, things that you never would have even thought of um, if it were just you sitting in the room. The other thing is, it's just really frustrating that the NASCAR team that I've been working on for the past two years, what we're doing is disrupting the whole sponsorship model once we can crack this nut that we've been working on. But most people just don't get it. You know, they, they look at the the little picture. They don't look at the big picture on a 15-year plan that we have. And it gets so frustrating, regardless of what you're working on. It gets so frustrating if you can't be talking with people who can grasp what you're trying to do. And that doesn't mean that what you're trying to do is right. I mean, you know, think about it. We could have been working on it for two years and it could be like really stupid and never work. And we needed somebody to tell us that, you know, but We knew in our heart it could work and everybody that we talked with that we really trusted felt the same way. And But today getting in that room in Clubhouse and like that, two really high-minded people just getting it and all of a sudden the ideas bouncing back and forth, that gave me like two years worth of energy back in my soul. Literally, I feel like replenished after all of this work. Yeah. And, and then that feeling, you know, you got to bottle that and like slowly let it leak out. I was on a call with um, with an amazing individual earlier today. And one of the things that we talked about is when you are in a room and you leave that room and you've you've exerted all this energy, do you still have energy or is it depleted? And then how do you release that energy 
And for me, like I still have the energy and then I try to release it with the people that weren't there. Yeah. And it's how do you release it? So they understand like why this is important as opposed to just blurting out a bunch of names and things that you think are awesome. I know. And that's hard, Brandon, because, you know, I talk a lot and I talk fast. So that's hard for me. But I'm like you when I leave, I'm very energized, but I'm an introvert. I'm an extroverted introvert. So usually talking to people kind of takes my energy away. But in a scenario like that or with talking with you, somebody that I feel like I can really engage with, it actually does energize me. And I basically try to, as you said, bottle it up. I try to remember certain key points that I can kind of pull out for myself over the next few days and weeks to kind of keep um, keep myself going because obviously I'm going to be back working with the same kind of people before, um, try to drip that out. But it is hard. I, I'm going to be honest. It's really hard for somebody like me to simplify my thoughts about things like this. And so I really have to take a step back and I have to write things down. And then I have to just pick out the very big pieces that I think somebody else can grasp because otherwise it totally overwhelms them because I've got all these moving pieces and they're flying all around and I can see them all, but they can't. So yeah. that's what works for me is right, writing down all my thoughts, but then picking out the big picture thoughts that I think will make sense to somebody else who's more normal than me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's finding that anchor point when you can find that anchor point and sit there and be like, okay, here's where I can bring everything back to as a reference to help, yeah. you know, explain why this is important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I go anymore to any of my teams on any of the businesses I have. I'm like, listen, none of these ideas are mine. I took what someone else said, yeah. referenced it and how it pertains to what we're doing and just rearrange that Rubik's Cube. So mm -hmm. know that there's no original idea. It's just taking different things and finding out how you can make it beneficial to you and the people around you. Right. Mixing it up, taking what other people are doing and figuring out ways to use it better, apply it better, do it better. And so, yeah, nothing is totally original. It's just repositioning stuff and massaging it. I also use a lot of analogies in my communicating with people because I can, with an analogy, I can take a more complex thought and put it into kind of a scenario that they're familiar with. It might have nothing to do with what we're doing, but I can put explain it to them in a way that kind of makes sense to them. So that's why I use analogies frequently. Yeah, absolutely. It helps because we, yeah. we, we as humans, we recognize analogies. Most, mm -hmm. most of the time we recognize those. So, you know, kind of staying on the masterminds, they've been around for a long time. Yeah. If you think about it, probably the first mastermind was the apostles. And then, oh, yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, Benjamin Franklin, that guy, he created something called the Leather Apron Club or the Junto Club. And then Napoleon Hill, he writes a book and it kind of really brings it to the forefront, like what yeah. a mastermind is. As, as there's been this huge boom of self-education over the last 10, 15 years, where do you see the parallels going between self-education versus standardized education? Oh, wow. Standardized education is a, <laughs> a topic I could talk on all day because personally, I feel like standardized education is failing everybody who isn't in the middle of the bell curve. But um, having said that, I believe that the majority of it is going in is kind of big picture will be more self-education and standardized education will be more targeted, small things. And then when the individual wants to target even further, they'll go back to self-education, if that makes sense. 
Um, I have to say, most entrepreneurs, a lot of us tend to be loners and we are the type I can do it, you know, and I mean, for years, it was just me. And then even when I had employees, it was still really just me. I worked with them, but I didn't have someone that I could really engage with and talk about ideas with. And it wasn't until I started partnering up with other people and talking with other people. And even if it wasn't a formal mastermind, but getting together and just throwing out ideas, that's when the light came on for me, how valuable an actual mastermind is. So anybody out there, if you, if you're thinking, I don't need a mastermind, I don't need a coach. I got it all together. I'm here to tell you that you're wrong because no matter how successful you are, There are other people that can help draw things out of you that you can't draw out on your own. Um, And like I said earlier, you you end up coming up with ideas that you never would have thought of if you didn't have input from these other people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're going to invest in something, and I've been screaming this more lately, or Mm. just quietly saying it, I should say. If you're going to invest in anything better than the stock market, better than the housing market, the one investment you can control is yourself. You can control the ROI in yourself. You can't control those other things. I'm not saying don't go buy a house, don't invest in the market, okay? Because I do both of those. But look at investing in yourself and what the what, what the win-win-win can be by doing that. And I mean, that's one of the reasons why we're building the success finder and we're, we're helping people pave the way to make sure that they're working with the right coaches, the right masterminds. They're working with the result leaders, not the thought leaders. My six-year-old yeah. has a thought when he gets up in the morning, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it doesn't mean that we should, you know, maybe always follow that. But like the people that are getting the results, invest in them and invest in yourself in return. The, the, the ROI is just, you, you won't even, you, you can't see it yet, but it's yeah. there. You are absolutely right, Brandon. And statistically, the average entrepreneur has 98% of their net worth in their business, but only a third businesses usually sell. So what that means is that we have to think more strategically about our businesses, quit working in them, work on them more so that we are building something that is of value that at some point in time we can sell to somebody else. Because that way you actually have spent decades investing in yourself and investing in your business So you might as well make it something that the value is actually something that you can sell instead of just having to close it down like most businesses. Yeah. And I I don't mean this in a disrespectful way to anyone that's listening to this. If you are the business, then you work for your business and you don't have anything to eventually sell because you are the business. Yes. And I tell my clients, nobody wants to buy a job. So, you know, if your business cannot run without you, that is a job. Why would anybody want to buy it? You know, because if they're going to buy it, they might as well go start it themselves. But most people who want do want to buy a business, they want to buy something that if they want to work in it, they can, but they don't have to. Another thing about coaches, Brandon, I believe if you have the wrong coach, it's worse than having no coach. You can blow so much money and so much time. And it's so damaging to your psyche as well, because you start feeling like a loser. And you're like, what's wrong with me? Why can everybody else succeed? And I can't. And it just, you know, I've known people that finally give up and they're like, I'm just going to go back and get a job and not clients of mine, but friends. And it breaks my heart 
because I know that if they were able to access the, the right resources, they wouldn't be in that position. But there are too many of us that look at spending that money as an expense. I can't afford that. And if you take a step back, I prefer to think of it as I can't afford not to do that. Because if this is 98% of my net worth, statistically, if it's 98% of my net worth, worth, I have got to invest in it. Plus, I just like to continue to learn. You know, I can't stand being stagnant. And when you're working with a coach or if you're part of a mastermind, you're going to be challenged and you're going to always keep learning and growing. Yeah. The right coach and the right mastermind will challenge you. Yeah. They'll, they'll be a cheerleader for you, but they're going to challenge you yeah. to make sure that you're you're doing it for the right why. So absolutely. You yeah. know, kind of moving into, you know, you, you've mentioned, you know, the people that when they work with you, typically when someone um, invests in their future, they have a better than vague idea of what the outcome could be. They've got some form of expectation uh, of, you know, of what can happen. What should people expect when they start working with Lisa and entering your reality? Okay. Well, it, first of all, it depends on what their goal is and how we end up working together. But I start with a one-hour brainstorm. And that's for the person that just kind of feels stuck and they're not sure what they want to do or need to do. So I'll do a one-hour brainstorm with them to try to kind of knock thoughts loose and make them start thinking in ways that they haven't before. And that go- so I start from a one hour brainstorm and then it goes up to monthly coaching. People can do monthly coaching with me or a retainer, a long term retainer where I'm basically their chief web officer. But I help people think big picture with their business, think of what they could be doing differently that either might make them happier in their business, whether that's working less making more money, creating new revenue streams, expanding without hiring people. So I'll I'll help them come up with ideas for disrupting their business so that their life can be better. Because you know what? We all started our business because we want to be our own boss. And then we turn around and we go, wait, okay, not only am I not my own boss, I've got like 35 bosses, (laughs) you know, whether it's employees or clients. So I help people take a step back, assess what they're happy with, what they're unhappy with, what ideally, if their dreams, if they could do anything they dreamed of, what would it be? What would their lifestyle be like now? And what would it be like in a year? And what would it be like when they retire? Um, Personally, I can't imagine myself ever retiring. So I also work with a lot of clients to help them plan that transition that even if they do sell their business, how can they stay active and help other people keep benefiting from their experience and knowledge and help themselves not stagnate after they retire? Yeah, no, that, that's an interesting, I again, conversation that I had earlier today is like, you know, when you accomplish this or you've gotten, you've, you've, you've shortened your bridge and you've gotten to where you want to go, are you done? And the answer is simply no. Like it's yeah. just going to be yeah. a different thing of, of helping other people. Mm-hmm. Well, so. and I'm not sure if I answered your, your yeah. question well, but, it, and like I said, it really depends on the person. It can be anything from really tactical advice and actionable steps that I want them to take to big picture strategy and even concepts for product. Yeah. And there you go. No, it's the answer that you answer the question, how it's answered. It's there's not a right or wrong. It's so yeah. people, you know, anyone that's listening says, oh, OK, I, I get this. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking for. So, you know, I feel that people have a way of surprising us. The people that you work with, they have a you know, way of surprising us, whether it's the grit, the grind, the willingness to learn. 
has anyone been through your coaching or any of your programs that, you know, because of that, the outcome was just unbelievably successful and they were just super surprised. And Essa, give us some really cool success story of someone that's worked with you. Well, I'll tell you, my favorite one is an old one, but it's still my favorite. So I have to tell it. This was literally in the late 90s. So that's why I kind of hate to tell it because people are like, well, things are different now. Well, you know what? Thinking different is not different now. So at that point, a woman that I knew, her husband had died of cancer and she was going bankrupt. They didn't have good life insurance. They didn't have good medical insurance. And she had a, an information-based business. It was a technical, technical publication and it had gone out of print and she couldn't afford to get it taken back to print. So I actually worked with her and helped her redevelop that, turn it, take it from a print product and turn it into a digital product. And it was a subscription-based product. So this was in 97. The only subscription-based businesses that I even know of back then would have been like AOL and, you know, kind of like internet service providers. They weren't really productized services then. So I developed that for her. And then we took it and we were developing it out into a search platform that people could use to search products within that entire industry. And I actually had this long-range plan for it was going to build in advertising for people that had the products for sale. Long story short, somebody came out of the blue and wanted to buy it. It wasn't even up for sale. And they bought it right before the dot-com bubble burst. Then the bubble burst and they came back and gave it back to her because they couldn't get funding. Wow. So she literally had this business that she was just going to shut down. And we were able to turn it into something that was a totally different product, but delivered the same benefit, if you will. And anyway, that's why I love that. It shows you that things can turn and you, you don't ever know what might happen. Yeah. No. And, and, and I, I want the, you know, anyone listening, like realize that saying, well, that doesn't apply today is just not true. I mean, like having ingenuity and having creativity like that back then bleeds through today because you don't have to, it's not that, that you think differently or I think differently. We just choose to do things the way that, you know, the way that other people might sit there and say is differently. And back then that was obviously, you know, something, you know, trailblazing something new, you know, 97, that was not yeah. the norm. Well, in, and really, the only thing that's different now is the tools and the access. You still, if you can't think differently, the tools are not going to help you anymore. But anyway, that's why that's my favorite one, because it's personal. You know, it's personal because I was able to help somebody that I knew. She had a kid that was getting ready to go to college, a kid that was still in high school and just, you know, meant a lot to me. Yeah, you changed it to the trajectory of what was what was going to happen with that family. Yeah. So that's I well, appreciate you sharing sharing that. Something else that I didn't tell you, and this was way before its time, we actually I actually developed a Palm Pilot app for the information because boat surveyors, it was it was for sailboats. It was like technical specs and everything. So uh, Yacht boat surveyors and yacht brokers and so forth use it. So I developed a Palm Pilot app so that those people could download the database into that and take it out in the field with them. And if they needed to, they could use it right then and there. <laughs> and, that's know. definitely ahead of its time right there. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's that's an amazing, I did not know that. And I really appreciate you sharing that with us. So, yeah. um, you know, we've got just a few more questions as we're getting ready to come to the end here. But on our solo shows, we talk about success and the pillars of success. And I want to take 
be successful. You know, a few things in my mind are experimentation, partnerships, mentorship, coaching, Mm -hmm. willingness to fail. And on the flip side, willingness to define success, because when you define success, in essence, you define failure. What do you think is a a key attribute when it comes to being successful? Knowing yourself, because if you do not know yourself, you cannot know what you want. And when I say know yourself, I'm talking, not just talking about what you like, what you don't like, and what you're good at and what you're not good at, but the underlying reasons why you like it or don't like it or are good at it, not good at it. For example, myself. My education is in accounting. I just picked a major because I was good at math. Then I got out in the real world and I was like, I hate this. And then I discovered web design and dropped my CPA license and I was in heaven. But what I didn't understand when I was younger, I thought I was lazy because I would procrastinate. I didn't understand that repetitive tasks just suck my soul out. And so it took me getting older, understanding myself to understand how my brain works, how I think, the the kind of work that fulfills me and makes me feel better, and the kind of work that takes away from me feeling better. Also, the kinds of clients that I like to work with and don't like to work with. So I just really feel like knowing yourself really well, what your goals are, and your dreams and what and just your whole inside, but also be willing to fire clients. Yeah, that will kill you faster than anything. Yeah, that's and that, that's I'm trying to think how, how to put it into words. But when you can officially sit there and fire someone that yeah. you work with you, whatever that is, it's not from taking it from a malicious standpoint, but knowing that you're able to do that because it the money is not worth the pain that comes along with it and you're able to still survive. It's a refreshing feeling per se. It is. And too often, and I mean, I did this for a long time. It's like, we're just worried about cash flow, cash flow. So you take any work, whether you like the people or not, whether whether it's work that you should be doing, not that you won't do it good. I mean, even if it was work that we shouldn't have been doing, we always did it great but it was a waste of our time. You know, we could have been making a lot more money doing something different and happier working with different people. And when I finally allowed myself to take a step back and look big picture instead of nose to the grindstone, you know, this few thousand dollars here, I got to have it. That's when I was able to really understand the kinds of people that we should be working with and understand when it's a bad idea to work with somebody. But it's not just for you. They're better off working with somebody that they're better matched for. Because even if you can deliver what they need, if you work in a different way and communicate differently and think in a different way than they're able to, they need to be working with somebody that's a better match for them. And that's the same thing with coaches and masterminds like we spoke of earlier. Every coach is not right for every student. They really need to, the coach needs to understand who is good for them to work with. And the the entrepreneur needs to understand what type of person is a good match for them. Yeah, absolutely. Knowing both sides and being able to be open and honest, like saying, hey, the coach can come. I'm not for you, you know, but yeah. hey, I might know someone that is. Exactly. And that's okay. It's okay to say no. Yeah. And that's the thing. I tell people all the time, I really don't think that we're a good match. That's why I do that free call, because I want to talk with people if I don't know them and find out what are their goals? What are they trying to accomplish? And and I'll tell them, I really don't think that we're a good match. But if I know somebody that is, I will tell them and I will gladly refer them. 
I don't want anything out of it. I just want them to do better. And I think most entrepreneurs are like that, you know, that we give, most of us are giving people. And and if you run across people who aren't giving and that you feel like all they do is take, you need to get away and find good people. Those are the marketers. And I'm not saying marketing people. I have plenty of friends that are, they have marketing agencies. I'm not talking to those people. I'm talking about the marketers that are that are that are pretending to be coaches and hosting right. Yes. Marketing agencies, just to be clear on that one. Exactly. And there is so much noise out there. And I'm telling you, if you just go out there and Google coach or whatever, or even if you ask your friend, they are going to tell you or or the search engine is going to tell you what comes to the top of the list. That does not mean that you're going to get the gold nugget that's down at the bottom of the pan if you shake it enough, you know, and it really it can make such a huge difference. You can end up spending less money and getting way more out of it. But even if you spend more money, if you're getting more out of it, you are so much better off in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I I love where we went on that one. So, uh, you know, I feel that there's there's new ideas brewing in times of prosperity. It's like it's easier to win when the world is winning. But I think creativity and ingenuity come when we feel the squeeze and the world's still feeling the squeeze. There's a lot of changes happening out there. What are you working on right now that's going to take place over the next 12 months that excites you? Well, the team, number one, the NASCAR team with what we're doing to combat veteran suicide, that's one thing. And then I'm also working on an idea for a platform to help older um, older entrepreneurs. I'm 59, I'll tell you, I'm not ashamed to say. So people in my age group to help them and younger entrepreneurs or employees understand each other better and work together better because I feel like there's too much inter- intergenerational bickering back and forth. And, you know, I told somebody the other day, the younger people need our experience, but we need their fresh eyes. So, you know, we need to quit making fun of their tattoos or the earrings and turn around and go, um, hello, you know, when we were growing up, we had our shorts up the crack of our butt. Sorry, Brandon. <laughs> we had our, and it was like the free love generation. So y'all, if you're out there and you're my age, quit acting like you were all Mr. or Miss Goody Two-Shoes back then and think what it was like when you were young. Think about the grunt, grumpy old people out there shed that and get to know the young people and how y'all can help each other. I got totally off track, but yeah, I'm working on the idea for a platform to try to help get those generations working together better. Yeah, no, nice. And uh, should we, do we, do we, are we going to see something here at the end of 2021 or sometime with this or? Hopefully by the end of 2021, actually, I'm still massaging the ideas. I'm one of these people. I have a tendency to start doing before I should So I'm trying to force myself to slow down, think it through more, bounce more ideas off of people, really think it through. But yeah, hopefully by the end of 2021. Beautiful, beautiful. All right. Last one. What is a a tip, a tactic, an actual item that if someone listening today implemented this, they would see a real impact on their personal or business life over the next 30, 60, 90 days? Well, I'm going to say something. This is not related directly to business, but I heard this in a clubhouse room the other day, and it really resonated with me that when you're feeling down, you know, we always go, oh, if you're feeling down, try to think of something positive. 
But Glenn Morshower in Clubhouse the other day said, every morning when I wake up, I spend several minutes and I start at my toes and I think of why I'm thankful for, thankful for my toes and this, that, and the other. In other words, all the little things in our life that we take for granted. But the funny thing that he said that I really took away is he said, if I don't have time to think about anything else, I think about my butt, belly button, because if it weren't for that, I wouldn't be alive. So I know that probably sounds really weird advice to, to be giving on a show about mastermind. But my point is we need to think about the small things in life and why we need to be grateful for them and concentrate on those instead of concentrating on everything that's going wrong in life. Yeah. And the, the note that I wrote down on this one was, you know, when you're feeling down, stare at your toes and understand why the little things really don't matter. You know, toes are little. Yeah, yeah. But, and, you know, you don't think about it. But when he said, he said, you know, if it weren't for my belly button, I wouldn't even be alive. I'm like, yeah. And that's a good point. And how many people hate their belly button? Because it sticks out or whatever, you know. So I just thought that was really funny. That is. I love it. I love it. All right. We have got the founder of Blaren Business Resources, Lisa Kipps Brown. Lisa, thank you so much for spending time with us and what you've instilled on the Mastermind Effect today. Thank you. Thanks, Brandon. I look forward to seeing you later. Bye, y'all. Thanks. Thank you for listening to The Mastermind Effect, your secret weapon for personal development. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to experiencing The Mastermind Effect.